Hello and welcome to Speak Out on Strangles, the Strangles Awareness Week podcast, which aims to give horse owners a real insight into preventing and managing the disease. Strangles is the world's most commonly diagnosed infectious disease in horses. Although cases can go from mild to malicious, it is extremely contagious and can have devastating consequences for people passionate about enjoying life with their horse. Strangles Awareness Week is supported across the equestrian industry in the UK and across the world, and it calls for more openness and support for people and premises affected by the disease. With these podcasts, we aim to inspire open conversations about strangles and what helps in taking us closer to eradicating the disease. I am your host, Gilly Rydant. I'm the Campaigns Officer for Red Wings Horse Sanctuary and Coordinator of Strangles Awareness Week. And today we're talking to horse owners Michelle and Angie, whose horses were diagnosed with strangles. We'll discover how the disease affected them and what helped them get through this challenging time. Please don't forget to subscribe, whether you're listening on YouTube or on your podcast player, to get the heads up about future episodes and more importantly, share them with your yard, coach or vet. Hello everybody, today on the Speak Out on Strangles podcast, we're very lucky to be able to speak to Angie Driver and Michelle Ross, two horse owners who have been through the experience of Strangles. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you very much, nice to be yeah, here. Thank you very much, nice to meet you, nice to meet you as well, Angie. Um, would you mind saying a few words about you and yourself, Angie, if you want to go first? So my name's Angie, I've, um, I've got three horses. Sadly, one of my ponies that was involved in the outbreak uh, that we're going to discuss today sadly passed away. We, we lost him last year, not to strangles. Three horses that I'm going to be talking about today. Annie, she's my Irish Draft Cross. She will be 22 this year and she is absolutely my horse of a lifetime, without a doubt. And then Cody, who we lost, my daughter's pony. Um, who we'd rescued, and then Bunty, our miniature Shetland foal, who actually bought us the gift of uh, strangles at Christmas. Hi, I'm Michelle Ross. I now have uh, Odie, um, Ovidius, his proper name. He's uh, a big 17-2 Dutch warm blood, 25 years old, going on two. <laughs> I did have Thomas, um, who came from Dali Rehoming for quite a few years, and he was the subject of my strangles problem what comes to mind when you think of the word strangles i think for me it will it's very emotive now just saying that word it wouldn't have done prior to my own experience with it but certainly hearing the words just the word now it brings back all those emotions of the time you know almost makes my heart skip a beat I am quite level-headed about it now. It was always one of those, oh, it never happens to you, and then it does. Uh, back then, it was, oh, my God, unbelievable. Um, but obviously out of that came the Strangles page on Facebook, which I run. So I'm pretty level-headed about it now, offering advice to people. What experience or knowledge did you have of strangles before your horse or horses were diagnosed? I'm um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that I, I did have 
quite in-depth theoretical knowledge of strangles. So um, I completed an equine science degree back in 2016 as a mature student. And one of the first subjects that we covered in veterinary science uh, was infectious diseases. And I can remember we had to compare and contrast strangles and equine flu. And so I've studied strangles, basically. I, I knew a, a lot about it and what it is, how it transmits, all of that. Yet still, I fell victim. And, and that kind of goes back to what Michelle says. You never think it will happen to you. You know, it, it didn't even occur to me to get a test. It certainly would now. Um, but at the time, it didn't. So, yeah, I, I, I did have a, a, a good amount of knowledge of the disease but you know that was a few years ago hadn't heard about it recently it, it didn't cross my mind i think my knowledge was um compared to angie's quite basic obviously pony club through my formative years and reading books and the good old veterinary manual where you dip in and out and look at things so i knew what it was i knew what the signs were but again you never think it's going to happen to you definitely it's really something that um can catch you by surprise uh would you mind describing a little bit of your respective stories uh how you discovered your horse might have strangles what happened then and how the cases were resolved yep i mean mine's quite a lengthy story so bear with me because it does actually involve all three of my horses rather um sadly so we thought it'd be nice to have a, a companion and we'd always wanted a miniature shetland so so we went and uh, we viewed one in november and, and we were picking her up the day before christmas eve which was lovely and uh, we did and everything was fine and we got home and I separated them but they were only you know a, a across the fence from each other so they could touch noses and I wasn't thinking from a infectious disease perspective I was keeping them separate but more so because she was a little baby and I wanted them to get used to each other that was that was my thinking it seems so naive now literally less than 24 hours later so Bunty arrived in the afternoon following morning really excited to get up there and uh, she had a bit of gunk above her eye took her down onto the yard um, to clean it all up and it became very apparent that she effectively had a gash um, a, a cut across across her eye was, how could she have done that there wasn't anything in the field uh, there wasn't any way that she could have done that I called the vet out and he said oh it looks like she's got some sort of abscess and it may be a foreign object's um, got stuck in her head and it's fine and a as we took her into a stable she knocked on his on his elbow and it burst up more it's obviously burst a little bit all up his arm so there was, there was a lot of pus and um, you know not to worry but we'll keep her in because of the risk of infection to her it's quite a hole in her head the next day I went in and uh, so Christmas day now and she had another one and I and that rang alarm bell straight away then well that was fine for that to be um, a foreign object yesterday. What's going on today? So um, I rang the vet, spoke to them over the phone, and they assured me, no, don't worry, that these things can happen. It's just the body's way of, of working something out. But I, I really was then, I was starting to think about strangles, but it wasn't in a typical place. So it wasn't around the throat. You know, it was on her head above her eye. I think it was Boxing Day, we went in and um, she had something lower down near her throat and it was more swollen now. 
and there was nothing I could um, do at that time. But the vets had said that, I can't remember now if I went down and, and collected it, but basically I got a swab and I swabbed the, the pus and I took it into the vet the day after Boxing Day to check she was put on the right antibiotics for infection. Now, by this time, I, I had told the yard straight away, so I was new to the yard. I was very transparent to my fellow liveries. The vets have told me that this is an abscess, it's nothing to worry about. I am taking it seriously. So everyone stay away from Bunty. No one touch her. Because cute foal, there's children on the on the yard. Please, nobody touch Bunty. I'm, I'm not happy with it. I'm keeping everything separate. So right, thank goodness that was the saving grace that I did that and and really what stopped um, stopped it from spreading. I took the swab um, to the vets and as I say, I, I was dealing with all, all the horses separately. And then I'll never forget the way that I found out Bunty had strangles. Oh, I was so upset. So then basically, you know, I had to uh, alert the yard and... Now Annie and Cody were they were only separated by a fence with their with their with their neighbour. So we needed to then section off a bit of the field so they couldn't touch nose to nose. So then I had the panic that obviously Bunty had been the other side of, of the of the fence and she could have touched Annie and Cody, but equally Annie and Cody could then have touched Stan and then Stan could have touched Red and so on. So you can see how the spread could happen. So it was just all, I was absolutely mortified. I was with people that, you know, I've been there a week by this time. They didn't know me from Adam and I, I was bringing all this chaos to the yard, you know, that it had to be shut down straight away. And everyone, you know, quite rightly, you know, panicked for their, for their own horse. As I say, I, I'm so grateful that I had the foresight to think I'm not happy literally on that first day. So anyway, Bunty, um, she ended up with several really nasty abscesses. So, so one on her throat was the size of a tennis ball. It was absolutely um, horrendous. A week later, so a week into January, um, Cody went down with it and his symptoms were different. So he was very subdued. Um, and he just had a nasal discharge. But other than that, there wasn't there wasn't anything particularly uh, wrong with Cody. A week later, both Cody and Bunty were better. And I was starting to think that Annie had got away with it. And she was older. So I thought maybe she's been exposed to it previously and she's got immunity, which is really great. No sooner had I thought that a few days later, Annie came down with a nasal discharge and I could see there were swellings under her throat. So um, she perhaps was the, the more typical one. And then Bunty started acting odd again. And I couldn't catch her in her stable and I couldn't understand. I couldn't get hold of her when I eventually did. In fact, the breeder came up to help me and her neck was huge. It was so solid and um, that erupted. And it was just, abs I, I can't explain how awful it was, this tiny little foal. And um, with all these outbreaks all over her head and, and neck, it was just awful. We get to the end of January now. So um, Annie had three really bad abscesses underneath her throat, very high temperature. So I was having to take temperatures, obviously daily. Her, her one literally went off, off the scale. So I remember getting a 42 reading off of her and, the, and then the thermometer actually stopped. Well, it, it wouldn't even register. It was literally that high. Bunty at the end of January, one of her big abscesses erupted and then she felt a lot better, which was good. Um, and then we get to the beginning of February and Annie was choking. She's 
had choke a few times before, but this was different. And I called the vet out and I, I can remember it was um it was dusk and she came out and she had to lance it and I'd never seen anything like it in my life. She'd never seen anything like it. As she did, it just gushed out. I could only describe it as getting maybe a four pint container of milk and just emptying it. It just went everywhere. The relief for her must have been absolutely immense. Uh, meanwhile, Cody's all recovered and it's all absolutely fine. And then a, a week into February, we um, took both um, Annie and Bunty um, into the vet. Bunty, by this stage, had three more abscesses. She ended up with so many. It was just awful. And Annie, what I had noticed was as she was drinking, food stuff was coming down through her nostrils, which obviously indicated something wasn't right there. So um, both of them were taken into the vets. And Annie actually had nerve damage. Um, so it was making it difficult for her to swallow. Her throat, looking at it on, on the screen, it was awful. It was so inflamed, so red raw. Um, and pus and food was basically seeping down into her trachea. Um, so there, that then risked her getting pneumonia and I could potentially have lost her. So we were um, sent home, but with me given penicillin injections to give her which I was quite confident at doing. And she's really good at having injections. Actually, when she was suffering and she was in a field and it was cold and windy and um, get the injection into her, um, it didn't go to plan at all. I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, so I was so distressed and she ended up getting admitted to the hospital. Um, she was there for three or four days. The weight that she had lost, it, it was just awful. And I'd never seen her like it it was just absolutely heartbreaking she then came home and her prognosis was fair which was just absolutely devastating as you can imagine but two weeks later she went back in and she was scoped and there was no sign of her aspirating anymore which was fantastic the inflammation had gone down significantly and her nerves were responding so it was excellent news and literally five days later I got a call and she was clear she she that was it the strangles was out of her system so I just needed to filter up and get her fit again so um that was amazing. Um, my story didn't finish there, unfortunately. What we then wanted to do, so this was just prior to our COVID lockdown. So I'd effectively been locked down since the new year. But Annie had had her wash and obviously there were no chondroids and everything. And she'd had her various tests to confirm that she was clear. Cody went in on the 5th of March and lo and behold, what do we find but a chondroid, um, rather a big one. <laughs> so, um, so basically, Cody would have been a carrier. Then, of course, we went into lockdown. So Cody should have gone back in. And um, so that was then removed. But we needed um, so he could, you know, we, we could release the horses and everything. We needed to retest to make sure that he was clear. But then we couldn't because of COVID. So it wasn't until April that we eventually took Cody back in and um, he was given the all clear. So from start to finish, it was the end of December to the end of April. So it was four months, three horses, three completely different cases. So obviously Bunty, Bastard Strangles, an unusual case. It presented unusually. Um, Cody, mild, but he ended up being a carrier. And then, of course, Annie, more typical, 
what you read about anyway in terms of the discharge and and the cough and and the abscesses but then of course she had complications which meant you know I could have lost her so yeah three three different very different cases I mean, you were yeah that's very full-on strangles experience <laughs> in every way possible that makes mine seem tame um, Michelle, do you want to follow on? I hope you, yours was slightly less traumatic. <laughs> yeah, mine was slightly less traumatic. Crumbs. I'd kept Thomas on his own um, at a livery yard, very, very local to my house, in as much as he was grazed alone. There were other horses there, so he had got others in sight, but not within touching, breathing sight. And we were quite happy there for two years, and then the landowner decided that he was going to rent the land out for a solar panel farm. Being new to the area, I didn't know any livery yards. I hadn't needed to look. Uh, So I asked a friend who had done some transport work for me, and she had her own yard but hadn't got any spaces at the time. So she told me about another yard that was local to her, and... I obviously spoke to them and we moved Thomas and this was early January everything was fine they weren't going out much because of the weather so I went up one evening after work and there I am mucking out and Thomas is quite happily mooching around the stable and I literally just reached over and I touched his cheek and immediately sort of oh that's a bit hot come here couldn't feel anything but he got a really really hot cheek now he was still eating drinking I had no discharge I had no temperature Thomas was just quiet and if you knew Thomas Thomas was never quiet so obviously I knew yeah there's something wrong here so I'll keep an eye on it my initial thought was because of the positioning of where the heat was, tooth abscess. Obviously, went up again the next day. This hot cheek had grown into a lump. I was like, right, I have to get the vet out. Arranged for the vet to come the next day. Took the day off work. Uh, Vet came, examined him. Tooth abscess. Said exactly the same as I said. So... Obviously, he was given some antibiotics. Um, They said as soon as the swelling had gone down, obviously, we'd get a dentist out to make sure, have a look in his mouth. A couple of days later, this lump is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I rang the vets back and said, I'm really not convinced. So she arranged to come back out again, and she brought the head of practice with her, the senior vet. And they both stood there and after examining him, both said, tooth abscess. I insisted on bloods. I said, please, I want a blood test doing. They took bloods. In the meantime, my friend whose yard I'd wanted to move on had a space kept up. So I said to her, right, well, he's got this lump. But they've said it's a tooth abscess. I think it's a tooth abscess. The senior vet thinks it's a tooth abscess. So my friend was, okay, fair enough. That's fine. We'll just move him and we'll keep him isolated. So obviously in a month, spoke to the vets and said he's going to be moving. Kept them well informed. Moved him. 
and two days into having moved on to my friend's yard, my results came back that he'd got strangles. Luckily, as Angie had done as well, he'd gone into a stable at the new yard. It was a block of stables within its own yard and there was nothing near him. No one could go near him. We put signs up saying, please stay away from him. We don't know what it is at the minute. So nobody went near him and all the other horses on the yard were kept quite a way away. It turned out Thomas also had bastard strangles and the lumps started appearing above his eyes, at the side of his ears and they kept bursting. Uh, we kept giving him antibiotics we get more lumps. I think we got through three different courses of antibiotics before I held my hand up and said no more. We could see the pattern that the antibiotics were just forcing more and more abscesses. So I said leave him to hopefully let nature do its course. Throughout he still remained eating, he still drunk, he still didn't have a temperature but just had all these lovely abscesses one of which did need lancing nothing like angie's though yeah yes it went everywhere but you couldn't uh, you couldn't put it down to four pints of milk being thrown on the floor so yeah mine was slightly less traumatic than angie's i was just going that's very interesting though isn't it that they were both um, in both of our cases, it was perceived to be something different. And it just goes to show that it doesn't have to be as you would expect it, seeing Annie and Cody with the nasal discharge. This was just a lump. And obviously a lump can be anything. So it's interesting that we've both had similar situations. Sad that we both went to New Yards as well at the, at the same time. Yeah. And you've reminded me about the antibiotics, actually, because... Um, Bunty was put straight on the antibiotics. And of course, when when it was diagnosed that she had strangles, I knew that actually you shouldn't be on antibiotics if you have strangles. So then I really panicked because it said it can make it worse. But in her case, it was slightly different because she was so young. Actually, it, it was in her interest um, to have them. But ordinarily, obviously, they, they, they don't prescribe antibiotics and, and, and they let their, their bodies do the work, isn't it? Yeah. I think the worrying thing about it, though, is the fact that you read in a book, oh, they've got nasal discharge, they've got this, they've got that, and you walk into your stable at night and literally just push your horse over out the way and, whoa, that's hot. And it's yeah. not in a place where you would think an mm. abscess is going to appear. You automatically think strangles, you think abscesses around the throat area. Yeah. Not halfway down their cheek. It's, it's scary. What did you find was the most difficult part of your experience? For me, emotionally, um, I just found it really difficult with the the prospect of losing Annie. Like I said at the beginning, she really is my horse of a lifetime. And the thought of losing her, initially, I was quite pragmatic about everything and they've got strangles and I can deal with this and I'm you know there'll be an end in sight and I'll adopt all the relevant biosecurity measures and I'll do everything by the book and it will be fine it didn't cross my mind that there could be complications at all I fully expected Annie and Cody to get it I thought Annie had escaped it but I think that was 
what was really hard for me. And um, that day when I woke up and my phone was red hot with messages and what on earth has happened? And um, there was a post on, on, on the Strangles site and on our Kent Equestrian Grapevine Facebook site. And oh my goodness, it was um, Michelle's comments were fantastic, and I've, I've recently reminded myself of them um, in terms of nipping things in the bud. That was awful to see all of these people, like so scores of people, talking about this situation, and it was me. It was me. It was my horses. Now we had. Um, obviously I was new to the yard it would have been different if I was at my previous yard and I've got a good relationship with the um yard manager this is this is a new yard you know how do you want to play things and from a business perspective and I, I do now uh, I'll clarify by saying I do now um think completely differently um with regard to this as does um the yard manager as well but at the time we didn't think it necessary to announce that we had strangles because we had it contained with a small yard. We've locked down. No one's going to go out. No one's going to come in. And we didn't want to create hysteria. So we made a decision just not to do anything. Now, as I say, I, I would, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure, but I would adopt a completely different approach now. But but that was our decision. What she didn't want to do is... Um, sort of tarnish the yard's name as it were with strangles and people associate our, our yard with strangles and, and and it could affect her future business that was her viewpoint and I respected it and equally I thought there was nothing to be gained by saying oh by the way we've got strangles because I knew that I'd contained it and I was confident in my actions but obviously it got out somehow and 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 you know it, it, it was on social media and I, I was absolutely mortified I thought what I was so upset about was people's ignorance and things that they were saying. And I just thought, you've got no idea. You're talking about, well, where is this? Well, what are they doing? We've got a right to know. And, um, and there, there was one particular interaction that went backwards and forwards. And and I, I, I was so upset because I was going through this. You know, I thought I was going to lose my my horse. I've, I've got, you know, I was told it's the young and the old you need to worry about. I had I had two at the opposite ends of the spectrum and the one in the middle. And sure enough, it, it was the young and the old that got it the worst. And that really, really got to me. And when people would say, you know, they were so worried about about their horses catching it. And why can't they take a moment to think about actually the person that's going through it? Their horse has it. Why can't we be a bit kind and a bit mindful as to what that person's going through rather than you worrying about it unnecessarily so as well? So I found that really hard and I spent all morning composing a reply and it's ever such a quite a short paragraph actually. But I wanted to cover everything off so nobody could ask any questions at all it was um very to the point this is me it's me that's got it this is how it started the second horse is my horse i fear that my third horse has got it i'm confident i've locked it down with no one's leaving the yard and um, we've got it all under control and i just personalized it really and i made sure that i covered it off in such a way there wouldn't be any other questions that someone could ask me because i'd covered it all and that was the best thing to do because that stopped everything. There, 
all that I got from there on in was positive comments, people thanking me for being so open and so honest. I had private messages from people uh, and, and people, well-respected people in the industry. What was interesting, though, is that I got messages by saying how brave I was to speak out. And I don't think I was being brave um, particularly, but it's because people perceive there to be such a stigma around strangles so that that's how they they saw it that i was being brave admitting actually it's me but that absolutely was the best thing to do so, so without exception there was not a single negative comment after me going public all i got was was thanks so it was definitely it was the worst time but it was the best thing to do and absolutely in the future if ever i would be so unlucky to go through anything again and, and I, I would encourage all people share it straight away you've got it this is what you've done because then that will avoid all of this speculation and um, and you know refer to the red wings website where you've got all of the information all the facts about it you know this isn't an airborne disease how about you michelle what did you find was the most difficult part of your experience how did I feel besides mortified and upset and worried? As Angie said, I think social media was the worst part of it. I obviously told my yard owner as soon as I got the results, who then told the other liveries, you know, stay away from him. Uh, the effect it had on my yard owner was devastating. She ran a transport horse transport business, so people weren't using her. We told everybody in the locality that needed to know, not that anyone came on or off of our yard anyway, because it was a small yard. We told the local tax shop because they were just up the road and obviously word got out. And like Angie, social media, it just went crazy. I was looking on groups in my area and I was learning all kinds of things about my own horse that I didn't even know. Down to the point that one night I actually learned that he was dead. Um, obviously, that made me ring my yard owner and go and check the uh, rather solid apparition that was standing in the stable eating and breathing. And it was at that point I thought, yeah, I've had enough of this. I went through absolute hell. To the point I nearly had a nervous breakdown because people were just so nasty. I, I cannot, I still cannot understand the vitriolic reaction to strangles and why everybody feels they have to know every single detail. So like Angie, a well-worded post which went along the lines of, right, stop your speculation. My horse has got strangles. He's recovering well. If you want to know anything about my horse, come and ask me. Bump. Like Angie said, it just stopped immediately. How did you self-care through it all? Uh, I've got to put my hands up here. I'm not very good at that at all. My self-care was doing everything that I could do for my horses because that's what made me feel good. So um, looking after them was, in effect, looking after me, if that makes sense. Um, I had my friends. I had some really 
good friends. I think when something like that happens, it makes you realise who your friends really are. <laughs> so a, a select number of people that would check in and check that I was okay, as in, are you really okay? Or, you know, we're here to chat. And because it, it was a terribly dark time. So yeah, having my friends, but um, I didn't do, I'd be lying if I said that I did anything specific for myself. But yeah, kept caring for them and, and, and spending all my time with them was what I needed to do um, to, to be happy, really. Well, obviously, at the time, I'd got I'd got a full-time job as well. So it was up extra early. I don't think there was any self-care in it at all. Um, I was so stressed that I was on automatic pilot, I think, in the end. Uh, one of my friends, Sarah, she's hmm. she was on the phone every night. She was absolutely fantastic. Other than that, it was just get on with it. You you can't stop. You've still got to go and look after the horse, whether you are dragging your knuckles on the floor. Yeah. It's got to be done. I think the other side of self-care was putting a stop to the gossiping. Mm. I think that was the biggest part of the self-care, asking, you know, stop the speculation, yeah. ask me. Um, I also made some very good friends out of it afterwards who, like you, Angie, you had messages and people, and I made some really good friends out of it. Yeah, it was uh, the self-care through that was forging some new friendships as well. That you were just very underestimate supportive. what's involved. All, all the cleaning, the keeping everything separate. You have to be so mindful of everything. You know, when you get home, literally stripping off and washing. And for me, it was in the winter, so it was my hat, my gloves, my scarf absolutely everything the um you know disinfecting my boots literally it, it, it was hard work and then getting all your clothes dry again ready for the next day it was um it was constant yeah i think um you know we all, we all know it's your horse that's extremely mm. infectious mm. but in layman's terms you get treated like a leper yeah yeah it, yeah, yeah. You absolutely get treated like a mm. leper um and i think say to people that are going through it or people that are on a yard with somebody that has got it just there's a lot of this be kind mm. in in the world now everyone's always saying be kind just think about what you're mm. saying before you say mm. it is it helpful is it useful you know that person is probably going through absolute hell in their mm. mind, worried sick about their horse, worried sick about what everybody else is thinking and saying about them. So, you know, cut them mm. some slack. Just ask them if they are all yeah. right. You may be frightened for your own horses, but, you know, just take a step back, take a breath and think, oh, you know, I'm glad it's not me that's going through it, but mm. it must be yeah. awful. yeah. So ask that person that they're okay. I couldn't have said that better myself. And I know that um, separately we we spoke about that, that earlier. Um, just people just need to be mindful. Yeah, if they're going to be worried about their horse, speak to someone else about that maybe. Not the person that's actually going through it, that really is at their wit's end. You can't underestimate what an experience it is to go through. It's It's just terrible uh, certainly that's how I found it it sounds like yours is very similar as well that's yeah that's really good advice from what you learned going through 
both of your experiences. What changes would you like to see implemented when it comes to preventing strangles? So, well, my yard manager has been fantastic throughout. So anyone that comes onto our yard has to have a strangles test for a start. And um, thinking back to competition, so I go to some stay away competitions and I've always been grateful if um, there's still a bed left. Um, I won't be grateful anymore. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, that, that, that should be a prerequisite. Never mind the mucking out, clear the whole lot out. Um, and start again and make sure it's disinfected. And um, obviously the transporters, you know, use the industry disinfectants. What I would say actually is, so after you've gone through it, you know, if you are unfortunate enough to, when you have your test, because of what happened to Cody, I absolutely would recommend doing that guttural pouch wash because if there are any chondroids, that is the only way. So that's obviously the solidified pus. Um, and for him, you'll recall that he didn't have the abscesses, so he didn't have that that breakout. It's the only way of identifying if, if they've got them. So Cody would have been a carrier. And had I not have done that, Cody then, when we recovered it, and I was so happy that how quickly he bounced back. Um, Cody went um, off the training later on in that year. Now, we all know that strangles, an outbreak can happen under stress. And Cody would have got stress, he particularly would, traveling. So there I would have been, having had strangles and got through the other side and been all happy. And bearing in mind that, um, you know, I waited for this because we'd gone into our own COVID lockdown. Cody would have arrived at this training yard with other horses, with an instructor that goes out to other yards. I mean, it could have been absolutely catastrophic. All of her competition horses, all of her client horses, it so easily could have spread because he he could have started shedding had I not have done that. So that's a huge takeaway for me. If you are unfortunate enough for your horse to contract it, do, do, do get that guttural pouch wash to be sure because that, they're silent carriers, and, and this is how, this is what's not helping with the spread by by not knowing. You know, these horses outwardly are completely and utterly healthy. You think they're free, free from strangles. You think they've got the immunity. Actually, no, that wouldn't have been the case. And as I say, it would have been catastrophic if I hadn't have done that. And I can't bear to think. I mean, how I would have reacted if that had happened having gone through all of that and it would have been my fault that that it, it would have been on me I don't think I would be able to keep horses anymore I, I would I would be absolutely mortified I really think that it needs hammering home to a lot of yards to isolate I've since moved my horse quite a few times in the past couple of years, never once has isolation been offered. Um, you know, yards should be insisting on strangles tests. I really think they should. And um, if you want to bring it into modern day times, I guess strangles is the equine equivalent of COVID. You don't know who's got it etc etc if you go to competitions don't let your horses touch don't share water troughs if you go go warm up do your thing put your horse back in the lorry the trailer 
don't leave it tied up outside where everyone can go up and touch and oh yeah we'll go and say hello to this one and go and say hello to that one it is that easy and it's not hard to actually just put your horse away call them down put them away take your own water with you or fill a bucket from a tap don't fill it from a water trough and again as angie said if you're staying away make sure your stable's been disinfected make sure it's cleaned out wipe it down just do everything you possibly can to protect yourself and protect others I don't think it won't happen to you because i wouldn't have thought it would have happened to me it wasn't on my radar at all and for someone that knows about it as well yes it was at you know completely at the back of my mind it wasn't at the forefront at all but you know i consider myself to be a good educated um horse owner and it happened to me yeah it literally can be anyone yeah that's a really good point how did you come across strangles awareness week and why do you think it is important that horse owners get involved so um i was aware of red wings in fact the site is what the the vets refer to so our local vets they get their information um from red wings in terms of passing it on to horse owners i saw that there was going to be a strangles awareness week and i offered to help and um that was how i became an ambassador last year and and shared my story on the website which then led to a horse and hound interview as well so it, it was really good to get that message out there so being able to support it this way with various events going on it's really it's really good just covering social media with it for the week it's a fantastic education piece and I really hope that people realize I can remember reading stories last year um, and it, it, one in particular and it was about the silent carrier you know this lady had had a horse for such a long time and had had no idea um, that he was a carrier so I think sharing these stories bringing it to life trying to stamp out this stigma um it, it is what it's what it's all about and it's also about talking to other people as well when you're on a yard you sit down and have a cup of coffee oh did i tell you about the time my horse had strangles and that's when you'll get the education side as well because you'll get oh my horse has never had that and then you can tell them and you can educate people the majority of people that have are quite happy to speak about it because it is so horrendous they genuinely don't want anyone else to go through what they they went through and if someone is and and quite a few people strangers reached out to me um and hopefully i, I was able to help them you know they were worried they'd seen my story and it was just having someone um to talk to about it really um so yeah people are more than happy um to open up and and support each other i think um i think one good slogan that could go with stamp out strangles or strangles awareness week is don't suffer in silence and that goes oh, that goes for yes. both that's yeah you yourself don't suffer in silence don't think you're on your own there are people out there that will help you there are people out there that aren't frightened of strangles who will come and help you with your horse mm. because yeah. they know what they're yeah. dealing with and what to do. Also, don't suffer in silence by not telling people. Get it mm. out there. Don't let them speculate. Keep them updated. Tell them, yeah, we've had this done. The vet's involved. We are on lockdown. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. 
shout about it. Don't suffer in silence. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty bang on. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much for being with us today, both Angie and Michelle. You've been really amazing. Your story has been very inspiring. So thank you for taking the time to tell us all about it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for asking me. Thank you so much for listening everyone follow the strangles awareness week facebook page for more information about strangles and the campaign or if you have any further questions leave a comment or get in touch with us by emailing campaigns at redwings.co.uk we will see you tomorrow for a next episode available on youtube or on your podcast player let's spread the word and not the disease